Hey, welcome on into another episode or podcast edition of Union Soccer Talk. Sean Brace, Joe Tanzi, Ryan Ellis. We're going to have a lot of fun for the next 30 minutes. We've got a lot to talk about. Team USA with the Gold Cup victory. They won it all. Union with an impressive 3-0 victory last night. And I got to speak because I have seen it. I've seen the light, boys. Uh, it, it is just something. It's, it's indescribable to watch Barcelona play, that three-headed monster. And I challenge you to give me a better three-man tandem out there in professional sports. You can go all day. You, can, it'll go, be, you it'll, can go all time, too. It'll be two by the time the, the summer ends hey, if PSG gets the PSG right. chance were live, but guess what? Really, really? That didn't affect Neymar because he scored anyway. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter because his piggy bank's getting bigger and bigger regardless. And if you're Barcelona, you have to make that move, right? I don't want to bore people too much, but yes or no, right? <sighs> I, I I'm with you. I don't think it's that easy either. All right, we'll it's, talk about that later. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all distracted. That, that's that's a you're you're going down a complicated yes. rabbit hole. We talked about it last night, and I changed my mind six different times because we didn't have much to talk about. All right, I'm talking <laughs> about the Man U game, Barcelona down in DC that I caught last night. These guys were at the Union game, so that's where we want to start. But first thing, and, first and foremost, I just want to say this. On my way home, I was listening to Team USA on uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, and I'm like, oh, man, this is great. Me and my buddy Jerry, diehard Union fans. I'm like, dude, watch Andre. Andre's going to shut out Team USA. Going to happen in penalties, but this is going extra time. And I kid you not, not even 30 seconds later, they're like, oh, this is not good, Union fans. Close your eyes. Andre Blake's down. Andre Blake's down. And just literally, like, I almost pulled off to the road. I'm like, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick right now. But the word is, is that he's good to go. What's up? Yeah, no, I, I, I had the exact same scenario. I was driving home from the Union game. I was listening yeah. to the game on the radio. And the, the mo- even before they said anything, the moment they said that the, the collision happened, mm-hmm. I, I was like, this isn't good. This, the, no good news is going to come of this. But apparently... No broken bones. Yeah. Just a, a laceration, Which, seven stitches. All my boys need to calm it down. You know how many text messages I got last night that Andre, Bra- Andre Blake broke his hand? I'm like, yo, we don't know anything. No, You're not in that locker room. It did look really bad, though. It looked really bad on TV, the way his, his hand was shaking. Mm-hmm. It did not look great. And the good news, uh, I know the union put out a statement today. Uh, Jeff Carlisle of ESPN tweeted last night. Uh, he seven stitches to close between the middle finger and index finger. Stitches are out in ten days. Day to day after that. So let's take a deep breath. Yeah. And I think that the one thing we all have to realize is, you know, if you listen to Jim Curtin, especially on on Tuesday, he has so much trust in John McCarthy right mm-hmm. now. And I think I, I've seen a huge increase in production and just like skill from John McCarthy this season compared to last season. He's yeah. definitely stepped up a next level. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny that Kellen Acosta, who, you know, went in for that shot against uh, Andre Blake on that rebound is coming in with FC Dallas on August 5th to, to town Henry stadium. So that's a little, a little fun twist to that. But yeah. I mean, look, it, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Definitely. And I was, you know, I'm believing the text message. I'm going eight to 10 weeks at least. Goalie, broken finger, broken hand. I don't even think 10 weeks would probably be enough at the end of the day. You know, can he play with a glove? I'm going through 9,000 scenarios on my ride home. And then obviously I came home to that tweet that you just read. So I was happy about that. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. a, it's a sigh of relief. And look, even if, 
you know, I know everybody's, you know, right away was like, oh, this is the most union thing to happen, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it, look. kind of was. <laughs> it, it definitely was. It definitely was. Like, it, you can, know, yeah, you can't figures. catch a break. <laughs> this is our guy. He's going to show up, show everybody. And, you know, the, the amount of love. Oh, well, that you know what? That was a TV broadcast on radio, on Sirius. They didn't have a radio feed, which really annoyed me. So I was listening to the TV announcers. <laughs> but they were showing him some major love. He, yeah. Andre Blake should have won the MVP of the tournament. Yeah. Yep. With, with that I doubt. Like, I think it's a cop-out to give it to Michael Bradley, not only because he was the captain yep. of the team, but of the winning team, but he also just came in for the yeah. knockout round. Came in late. Yeah, like An- Andre Blake, from start to finish, was the best player in that tournament, which is... A great thing for the Philadelphia Union all around. I don't, as much as I, it, I, I don't think it increases value too much. I think you, if you're gonna sell him, mm-hmm. it's gonna be maybe in the three four million range. That's ju- that's just how the MLS market works. Uh, so seeing seeing him perform, you, you kind of look at it at this way. He's a known quantity. He won already won goalkeeper of the year, so is it really that much of a surprise to anyone that Andre Blake's playing this well? Not anymore. Exactly. Not so anymore. It's a you're looking at. I mean, three to four million for a union player would, would be amazing. Take big ROI in in the perspective of the franchise it could be a game changing sale. Yeah. I thought, you know, it may have happened a year or two ago. Apparently, there are no offers at all in, mm. according to Jim Curtin, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, you know, putting up a front or, you know, I think we would have heard a lot more chatter yeah. from elsewhere if there was a real offer. Uh, so, you know, it, it's up in the air, you know. At this but, point, sure. But, yeah. You know, and, and but having McCarthy is, is a huge help at – at least to get through this part of the year. Yeah, no, and, and we'll see if things change because now it's a little bit different. Now, I say that, but now we know Andre Blake is coming back, so it's kind of more of the same for McCarthy. But I, if, if there was an injury that would have kept Blake out for a number of weeks, it would have been a little bit different feeling for McCarthy. So I don't know what we're getting. But he's consistent, so I'm not worried about him at all at this point. But let's go ahead and focus on the union right now. Let's bring it back to uh, to our ballpark here and, and just talk about this team. And you guys were at the game. Uh, you were front row, Ryan. Jeez, yeah. you, you thank were, you, StubHub. You, you were right next to the team. You actually heard some words, which we're going to get into in a little bit yep. about the penalty kick situation, which I've had enough of. Um, <laughs> so that's going to let you know where we're going on that, Joe. But uh, you know, r- r- both you guys were in the building. We got you all covered. A lot of people are tuning in on Facebook right now. I was unfortunately on the road, but I was able to catch it, you know, through social media and text messages, even though I was getting incorrect information. <laughs> uh, but hey, I, my first question to you guys is and ryan i'll start with you on this one how is it on saturday night i i want to just vomit and sorry to be graphic people i apologize but that's what that game made me want to do on saturday night versus columbus at columbus where the union didn't even record a shot on goal three total shots zero on target and then last night joe tanzi comes walking into billy's like "Eh, 27 shots on goal almost broke the record almost broke the team record almost broke into the i mean like what just because we're playing at home last night is that the only difference Ryan, I'm gonna start with you. What was the major difference between both of these games? Uh, I, what I saw was the major difference was uh, at least in the second game was Columbus wasn't the same team as they were on Saturday. Uh, the Union, I mean, 
no, it was it was a sloppy game. I mean, even when Columbus scored, it was off a deflection. It really wasn't anything special. Yes, they controlled play. True. It's not like they really kind of set the world on fire. Uh, last night uh, or, or Wednesday night, when Columbus came to town, once they went down a man, they really just never gelled. They had that, you know, maybe five minutes after, which is usually how teams respond when they go down a man. They'll come out, you know, guns blazing. Um, but they never really, really. Once that happened, they never really did anything special. Uh, and in the second half, aside from a, a ball off the crossbar for Columbus, it, the Union really controlled the whole game. Um, you know, they got uh, two two additional goals. They were just peppering the net in the first fifteen or ten minutes out of uh, out of halftime. Um, the Union played well. Uh, they did what they had to do. Uh, Columbus, it's it, they, I had the feeling last night, and Joe, I don't know if you saw it differently in the press box. I had the the feeling. Columbus, they got their win on Saturday, and you know what? They got a point last night, great, but they just want to get out of the gym, out of the out of the building. That was the impression that I got. I don't know if it, if it's that much, but you also have to look at the, the perspective of Columbus's season here. Jonathan Mensa was supposed to come in and, and be a kind of linchpin to their back. You know, when they traded Parkhurst to to Atlanta in the off season, you know, he was coming in lauded as that that DP, and he's been one of the worst signings in MLS all year. Mm-hmm. You know, and it. He's been making mistake after mistake, and Columbus fans know this, you know, all too well. You know, he makes that mistake, but I think the big difference between that Saturday game, which everyone mm. across the board admitted it was terrible, was you know, even the players and the coaches, to last night was the Union actually played the way they were supposed to against that that three-man back line. And, you know, Columbus has had a lot of success with that three-man back line and being able to – you know, bring those those fullbacks up, attack, and in the first 10, 15 minutes, they were having a little success with that. You know, Gaddison, we know them, were all over the place. They were caught way too forward. Uh, you know, there were a couple plays where Jack Elliott and Aguchanye were, were kind of stretched out and had to go out to the wings to kind of, you know, clear the danger a little bit. But the big difference there is the Union's pressure – actually did what it was supposed to do. And you saw it in the first 15 minutes against Montreal as well, where when the press works, it really puts other teams under pressure. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do with Columbus's mindset. And at this point in the season, they can't have that mindset. You know, even even yeah. if even if they're in the place they are, like just say, okay, hey, we're going to come in and get a point. They can't do that because you look at the perspective of the table now. If the crew say, you know, hey, we'll, we'll settle for a draw – that still leaves the union lingering in one of those playoff positions underneath you. Yeah. And, like, and you never know what's going to happen. So I think Columbus did come in for that, you know, come in with kind of the same game plan with trying to be able to exploit the fullbacks. And, and they did, to their credit. They did in those first 15, 20 minutes. Gaddis and we and all them were all around. But the, the play that changed the game, and I think this is something that kind of got lost in all of the, the hubbub as the penalty was taken, the counter that the Union produced to create that was one of the best attacking moves the Union have had all year. Because usually in that kind of move, you know, you, you saw CJ Sapong sprinting down the middle. He cut in between the two defenders. Alberg played a perfect ball. In some situations, that ball would not have been played. We, we've seen that a few times this year where, you know, the Fafa Paco play Saturday night against Montreal. Or, I'm sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. against Montreal mm-hmm. where Ilsenia was wide open in the box. 
and he didn't pass to him. And it caught, you know, it caused a little stir in the locker room halftime. They say they took care of it. I believe them, all that. But then almost the same thing would have occurred if Auburn didn't pass there. And as much crap as we're going to give Roland Auburn, because trust me, he deserves it. That was one of his best passes in a Union uniform to yeah. set up yeah. CJ Sapong, and that that was the game changer. But had I had I had that game gone on eleven v eleven, I think we would have seen a little more of Definitely. stretching out the Union defense, and it would have been a lot more cause for concern. No, right, but right once once they did go down a man, they went the Union, and they're notorious for not stepping on anyone's throat, and they certainly didn't after the after the uh, the PK, the Miss PK, which we're going to get into in a bit. I mean, that second half. Columbus, I mean, they just they just allowed the pressure to be to be applied to them the, the entire second half. Joe, the first 15, 10, 15 minutes of the second half, I don't know how many shots were, were taken, but it was like target practice. It was shot after shot after shot. And I just got the feeling being in that stadium, especially in the second half, Columbus just want to get out of there. They just they, – they I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from the first 10 minutes. They they played well. They did stretch. But it's kind of like, all right, we're down a man. Let's just, let's just call it a day. That's, yeah. that's the impression that I got being in the stadium. I think it was more of – the union coming out and playing well in that first 10 minutes, like a good team has to do yeah, they in that situation. Swim. They needed to swim. And, and I think it was a combination of, look, Marcus Epps, t- to his credit. I had a great game. He had a great game, and he's not shy about taking his chances, which is something as a rookie you love to see, regardless if they're going left or, or right or, you know nowhere near the net, you want to see him take those chances. And that's exactly what he did. Roland Alberg, I think, was overcompensating a little bit, playing a little too much hero ball because of what happened in the first half. Right. That back line with Columbus, you know, you look at it, you know, Mensa goes out. Abubakar was on a yellow. Abubakar, he was lost mentally that entire game. You know, he was he had a confrontation with CJ Sapong early in that first mm-hmm. half, and he just didn't seem like he was – completely into it the entire game so I wouldn't say it was Columbus um as a team kind of quit because you did see a couple moments from from Mane and, and Ola Kamara where you know they did look dangerous and they did put the union's defense under pressure mm-hmm. but I don't think it was you know I think one or two players were kind of just lost themselves to the atmosphere of the game I think yeah. and I think Abubakar who to his credit him and Cronali played great games on Saturday, you know, two rookies that kind of flew under the spotlight, um, played great on Saturday, but didn't really respond last night. And I think that's what really killed the crew. Uh, because like I said, there were, there were opportunities there and little parts of the union back line where they were exploding really well in the first half. True. But uh, Sean, I want to move on. I just want to put highlight one, one plague and just into uh, to Joe's point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do just want to say Jack Elliott read, cause you're right. They did have a sh- chance, uh, went off the, the, uh, the crossbar. I forget who had the shot, but Jack Elliott played a beautiful, beautiful defensive play where he left his man, let, let, uh, after he Gooch, got burned, after he got burned, left his man, let Gooch take it over and was able to cut off and block a shot. I mean, that's, for Jack Elliott, I got to give him a ton of credit, and 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 Gooch as well for for picking up the man. But for such a young player on that play, I mean, you're right. If if that ball goes in the back of the net, Joe, different uh, it's game. a completely different ball game. Yeah, you're right and the one that. thing, real quick, you mentioned Elliott. I think Elliott has, deserves a lot of credit mm-hmm. for la- for his performance last night. Uh, you you watch the way he reads the game and plays the game. He's improving immensely with each game. Yep, it's it's very clear. That right now, and I know I've said, you know, Gressel's prop 
possibly rookie of the year, but I mean, you look at it now, I'm like, how can you not say Jack Elliott's rookie of the year at this point? He'll be in the conversation for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think, you know, there are a bunch of impressive rookies doing little things here and there, but I mean, it comes down to, to him and, and Julian Gressel from Atlanta United, but at this point, you know, the union rack up another clean sheet, albeit against nine men. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, you have to you have to say it's it's pretty impressive the way the way he's just overall as a rookie as a fourth round pick reading the game, and you got to credit Aguchanyewu with that too as well. Yeah, all right, Sean, move us on, buddy. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> they pl- they played very well, and Epps uh, shined, and and he had that one miss right off uh, the jump, like 15, 16 minutes in. It was just gorgeous. That would have went look out. Uh, but he played very well. Let's talk about a guy who also played well. And if you watch the highlights on uh, MLS Soccer, go to union.com, whatever, uh, you'll watch a, a three-minute package put together. And C.J. Sapong was anywhere and everywhere that ball was, uh, passes. It didn't matter, you know. I, I mean, just in the middle of the thick of it, getting pushed around, fighting for the ball. And then when he had the ball, obviously scoring, if not deflecting off the goalpost as well. C.J. Sapong balled out last night he's been doing that all season long but i want to start with this and this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago i feel like these are like the dumb conversations that just i struggle getting into i know exactly where you're going yeah i i I lashed out on twitter about it last night it's like you know at at, at some point we're talking about the penalty right i mean i'm talking about the criticism of cj sapon oh no no i I think that's ridiculous that's absolutely when we touched on that a couple weeks ago too that's just people wanted something to BS about that's all that that is but just the penalties it's enough is enough CJ Sapong is your go-to guy okay it's it, it's just curtain it's that simple it's if he's able to go if he's not grabbing at his groin which I'm fine with having a conversation with but there is no reason for them to be arguing out there there's no reason why I go to deadspin.com and it's a highlight in the video I mean we just look like like dude get a hold it's not that difficult CJ is your penalty kicker. That's all there is to it. If he's able to go, sorry, Roland, you're, you're second in line. That's all there is to it. And Bedoya coming over saying, well, you know, I'll give it to, to Roland Alberg. It made no sense to me. And I was just, I was fired up for, for hearing it again. This is like the, the third week this year that we're talking about penalty kicks. Uh, we can even go back to last year. We touched mm-hmm. on penalties. Like enough is enough. Just name CJ the guy, and then we can move on from this this debacle. Yeah, and this is this was never an issue in the Sebastian Latou eras. Sebastian Latou was always the penalty taker, and he was always good at it. I think you know you know Bedoya said last night that uh, if Roland there's a decision made before the game that if Roland is on the field, he's taking the PK. Now. The one he took against Sporting Kansas City was mainly for confidence because he was struggling at that point. And they said it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was, was straight up that it was, that was for Roland Albrecht's confidence. And I get that. I understand that. You know, Bedoya, he missed against Toronto. We, we all know about how that, one's, how that one ended Season up. Season changer. Um, so, you know, he took himself off penalty duties. And to be fair to Roland Albrecht, he didn't miss a, game, a penalty in league play until last night. Absolutely. But – I agree with you where that's CJ Sapong's hard work that earned him the penalty. He should be able to take it. And there shouldn't be a debate like that because not only does that affect the team moving forward. And I I think this, you know, the team kind of diffused the situation afterwards. I don't think this is the end of that. And I totally agree with that. And I think we'll, we'll touch on that in in a second, but I think with, the Roland Alberg thing too, 
that also affects your mindset going up to the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's one thing I think we kind of just kind of glanced over. You're used to taking what, maybe 30 seconds, a minute before you're going up to the spot and taking it. There was an extra minute or two there where the conversation happened and you know, it may have gotten in the Roland Albrecht's head a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, yeah, no, I, I think I completely agree with you, Joe, because if you're Roland Allberg and you're sitting in the spot, spot and you know that if you miss it, that there's a guy behind you there who's going to make you make sure you know that that or that you missed it, like make sure that, uh, that you don't forget it. I mean, that's pressure. That is a ton of pressure. And I mean, for a guy that, you know, and, and, and I kind of felt it wasn't really CJ's fault. CJ fell. The ball kind of rolled to Alberg. Alberg picked it up, started walking to the spot. And CJ's grabbing at his groin. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. No, no, and, and that's There's all true. reason to have but a conversation. As, but it's just... No, but as soon as CJ says, you know yes. what, I want this one. Thank you. He earned it, too. Yeah. yeah. He, and, and, and Alberg, yes, he did play the ball. And it was a beautiful, beautiful ball. But CJ was the one that fell. And CJ was the one that got fouled. And uh, and he was, I, I, like, Sean, like you mentioned, I was right there. He literally had to be held back. He was so... <laughs> livid yeah. with the team at that point. He literally had to be held back. I kind of feel bad for Jim. Jim looked terrified, by the way. Uh, not, he looked great in his suit. I'm like, wow. Y'all looks good Beautiful in Beautiful suit. suit. Yeah. I actually yeah. was yelling at the last, like, yeah. it's, a great, it's a great suit, Jim. Probably. Um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, just a name CJ the guy. I completely agree. And you know what? I, I kind of had a, have a pet peeve with, with PKs in general in all of soccer. I feel like if you get fouled, you should take this shot. That should be the rule. You shouldn't have. To, you shouldn't be able to pick who gets to who gets to go. Unless, unless if you're like a, I can see if you're like a center back. I if you if you get fouled. No 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 no. I'm talking yeah. about like the. Hey, rule. it's it's like rugby. You you cross that line. Yeah. You're kicking exactly. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't, you can't pick or choose. Yeah. It's it's the rule should be if you get fouled, you take the PK. But you know, the, without us rewriting the the, rec, the well, rule yeah, book here just... in, in our basement in the studio, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. And I think Curtin needs to step up and say, at this point in time, CJ, you're our guy. Let's go with it. All right, let's talk a little bit about Allberg if we could. What's going on there? You know, I mean, is that is that all I missed? What else did I miss last night with Roland Allberg? He's getting booed. You know what? He deserved. He deserved it. What's he going deserved, on? He deserved. He deserved every single ounce of criticism he got, and he brought it upon himself. He's brought it upon himself since the start of the season. You know, he comes in. He was supposed to be the guy to replace Tranquillo Barnetta at the ten position. That's not. He gonna showed burst, uh, bursts of it last year. You know, he had the hat trick. You know, they had the hat trick against Harrisburg, didn't he? Was it was a USL team, wasn't it? He had a big game against Chicago as well. Yeah. Right, but I mean. He had one big game yeah. against an MLS opponent. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's still one of those things where, okay, you know, he's a mid-season, mid-season signing. Mm-hmm. Mid-season signings aren't supposed to make that big of an impact, but here's a glimpse of what he could do right. next I, season. I remember. I remember the excitement. And I think that's something that you really need um, a mid-season signing to do, make a little bit of an impact, and then moving forward just, you know, get acclimated to the team. And he failed the team. You know, there's no reason that Alejandro Bedoya should have started the year at number 10. There's no reason as a professional athlete you should come in, you know. No out, excuse. Yeah, there's no excuses at yep. all to come in, you know, with a lack of fitness in preseason, kind of a, a lack of effort as well uh, throughout the field. And I think, you know, the last week and a half, we've kind of seen that growing separation of not only Roland Alberg, but I'll couple Il Senio into that group as well because the two of them – kind of just do their own thing and it's not complete if you watch from above it just 
there's not a lot of running being done defensively by either of them. There's a little bit too much selfishness. And look, they were they were right to lash out with the Paco incident in Montreal. I'll agree with that. But Alberg was in the wrong last night. And it just seems like there's a disconnect. There's going a on huge right now. disconnect. Yep. It's at the worst time possible for the union. Yep. And even if okay, Pontius comes back, he's going to be fresh. He'll play Saturday. That's fine. But you're still looking at one of them. One of Alberg and Osinio has to play just based off of what they could potentially bring, because you're not going to start at Epps or Najem each week when you have the opportunity to to play Albert or Senia. Now, yeah. luckily, both both of them have options at the end of the year. So hopefully, you know, the team doesn't pick them up and they can start fresh in that search for the number 10. But I hate to tell you to Union fans, you're not getting a new number 10 until the offseason. No. So this is this is what they're stuck with. This is, is what you're going to have to do, deal with. And, you know, you got to make the best of it. Hey, and when you, when you have 27 shots on – oh, excuse me. Excuse me, shots. Twenty-seven shots, total shots. I don't care. You get twenty-seven shots off. That's that's crazy. Only six on target, though. That's that's the thing <laughs> that's I worry thing, about yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought it was twelve on target. Six. Yeah, off target. Six six shots on target Ooh. doesn't really exactly strike a it's ton kind of, of confidence. My FIFA game right there. Yeah, that's right. That is. That's Good like a normal Lord. game. That's like a normal game for me. Wow. And, and a shot could be forty yards over the over the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I, um, but you know, if they're able to put up this this performance like they did last, then I know, I know the red cards helped out. Blah blah blah. We got somebody piping up, and uh, as always, if you got something on Facebook Live, go ahead and fire it our way. But this uh, Shopa, he's he's joining us today. He just liked our page. We greatly appreciate the support. But he claims that the second red card ruined the game, and da 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 da. Hey, look, you know, to name an MLS game that you don't complain about the refs. You know, but you no, that's very. I, I mean, name an MLS coach that hasn't gone off about the refs yeah. in. And no, because Greg Berhalter went off again last night. Yeah, this he did. New. This is new. This is this is not no. new. They've been trying to fix this problem. I don't complain about refs. I, I give up. I get, I honestly, I'm like beaten down on it. Like, all right, we got to play the refs. Yeah. All right, well, that's what Columbus's coach said last night. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Everybody plays the refs yeah. every single game. And yeah. if you and if you look at the two red cards, I think they're they're both fair. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. Mensa, Mensa denial of a obvious goal scoring opportunity on Sapong. Yeah, that makes sense. Abubakar hands to the face on El Sino, the rule that Jim Curtin has been going on and on about that should have been instituted and they put emphasis on at the start of the season that kind of cost them, you know, the game and not that cost them a game, but, you know, Ilya Sanchez should have been sent off for Kansas City and then it affected Real Salt Lake and we mm-hmm. all saw Mike Pecky's wonderful slideshow uh, despite his broken printers. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a mess, but... If you are a Union fan, I kind of pointed this out last night. Columbus goes to RSL now, down two defenders. You don't expect them to get a point out of RSL in the first place because RSL is finally playing well. But it's a nice little positive boost. And I know we we like to look at the standings here. We look, oh, yeah. look at everything. It's only a five-point gap now between the crew, Orlando, and the Union. And a win... And look, you can go into Foxborough and beat the Revs. Yeah. The Revs are not great. Kai Kamara is asking for a trade here. You know, there's all sorts of dysfunction there. You got a ch- you got a chance to make your mark now. Well, Joe, I mean, you said uh, going into this four-game stretch of uh, Montreal, Columbus, Columbus, New England, if you get five, six points, that's 
good. That's considered a success. So the Union have the ability, as bad as they played on uh, on Saturday and as poorly as they played against Montreal, they still have the ability to go into New England and to still get that minimum that we that we talked about. And it doesn't affect the Union directly in, in, in gameplay on the field until October, I believe. But this Dom Dwyer trade to, trade to Orlando City is going to have a massive impact on the standings. Because not only now, I know we've talked about it, where Toronto, Chicago, NYC, Atlanta, probably all going to get in. Top four. Yep. Now we're looking at, I think we can all cast DC to the wayside at this point. Because mm-hmm. even if they do make a run, they're at a minus 20 goal differential. They're kinda, they kind of just screwed themselves out with the week they had losing to Houston. And that, that awful uh, game they had in Seattle, blown three-goal lead. New England's kind of just sitting there waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And with the whole Kai Kamara situation, is he going to leave? Is he not going to leave? That kind of hurts you a little bit. That's a perfect opportunity for the Union to just go in and pounce. Uh, Montreal is kind of the, the curious case out of this group now because they've only played 19 games. They have two games in hand on pretty much everybody in the pack. But if you're the Union, you see them coming in in a couple weeks to Talent Energy Stadium, you can knock them down a peg. You can, you can, the union can, as much as they are able to, take care of a little bit of business knocking off the potential stragglers that may make a late run Mm -hmm. with New England and Montreal in these next three games. But you're playing, you're playing a difficult schedule and you have to, in, in this situation, win all your home games, get points on the road. Yeah. It's going to be an uphill climb. I mean, they are five points out, but, man, it's oh, not going to be easy at but, all. No. But there's good news is is they got plenty of games to be played. You got something? Because I want to move on here. Yeah, yeah, just real quick. Montreal is going to Red Bull this weekend. So, I mean, what, we got to hope for a tie there? Right? Got to hope for a draw? Uh, I would. Like, we can't have Red Bull keep winning the games. They won six out of, uh, out of the break. Six See, points, I, I, I look at it as at, at this point. still three months of play left, boys. There's still three months of play. And, and I, re- I realize what you're trying to say, Ryan, so I'm not trying to slight you, but there's still three no, months I know. of play. I, mean, I don't think you, re- I don't think you can root yeah. for results yet. We don't pick or choose our results just Oh, yet. I root for results in I March. know, because you're a freak. <laughs> you're a freak. <laughs> all Eastern in, teams need to hey, draw all right, well, every time. In, in September and October, yeah, you yes. can look at that. But right right now, I mean, as long there's as the union... There's too much math going on. Yeah, as long as the union take care of the business. math. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on from this. Uh, and uh, I know our, our boys, uh, 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 Kevin Kincaid, and and uh, who else does he do the, the podcast with? Dave Zeitlin. Thank you, Dave. And uh, they title their podcast every time. So if we were to title this podcast, I was going to go with Hasta La Vista, baby. That's what I was going to go with. Why? Because that's what was said after uh, ah. uh, CJ's uh, penalty. The dude from Columbus was shipped out. Uh, you know, I didn't, Tommy I didn't, said it on the broadcast. I didn't check that one out. Oh, my bad. I all was, right. I was well, there. I failed at my first attempt at naming <laughs> the podcast. Um, it's a great right. name. Yes. It's a strong. We got a lot of other stuff that we want to get into. So uh, final thoughts on the union. Just 30 seconds go. Uh, Ryan Ellis, final thoughts on the union here. Yeah, no, I mean, look. Uh, like I said last week, they lost the ability to lose two in a row. They went ahead and did that. Well, guess what? Now they got to make it up here. Got to go out and win against New England and uh, let the uh, just keep winning at home. Let the chips fall where they may. There you go, Joe Tansy. They were supposed to win last night. It's that simple. Yeah. I don't. I don't care if Columbus had eleven men on the field. They were supposed to win that game last night, and they did. So cool. You did. You you did what you're supposed to do. Now prove to me like you failed to do against Montreal and Columbus on the road, mm. prove to me you can actually do it. Prove to me you can actually – 
be the team we think you are, and get above the red line. Because at this point, I know what the Union are. I, 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 don't, I don't like that I know what they are. What's the word that you would say that the Union are right now? Because my word is inconsistent. Yeah. No, I would say that, inconsistent as hell. So I'd give you a three. That, that would be my exact phrasing at this point. Because I was embarrassed to give that. I gave that. Uh, the I didn't give the highlights. I gave the one play. It was the one goal that the uh, Columbus scored on Saturday, and I was embarrassed to show that. Like, they didn't record a damn shot on goal. Like, what? How is that even possible? This is so mm-hmm. unacceptable. So, I was frustrated after that game. But they bounced back. Big victory last night. Now let's see what happens this Saturday at New England. That's right. Yeah. We just and and guys, uh, to sphere on medicine, there's plenty of games left, guys. Thank you. Yeah. There's plenty of games. You're right. Left. You're right. Plenty of games. <laughs> that's hey. the that's the first time I've heard that. Too. Yes. <laughs> that good stuff. All right. Let's talk about the Team USA winning the Woo! the Gold Cup. Man, gotta give it up. Gotta give it up. Gotta give it up. Man. It's a trophy. And 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 you know Jamaica, they needed Jamaica. Got to give the credit to them too for getting as far as they did. Played a good game too. Uh, played a really good game, and uh, it's a good squad. And if Andre Blake's in there. Who knows? He might save that Josie kick. I don't think so. But Andre, Andre's incredible. So, you know, bottom line is I still feel like Team USA comes away with the victory. So, whatever. If Andre's in there, I do think if Andre plays the full game, I think he might win uh, the best player. Yeah. You know, I think that that might have happened. But you are not alone because that's exactly what they were saying on SiriusXM yep. last night, saying that Andre deserved it over Michael Bradley. But Team USA, victory. Uh, good for the confidence. There's so many things just to talk about, but I'll just open it up. And Joe, I'll start with you. Look, you know, for them, this is a game they should have won. No Mexico. They should win that tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people out there that take shots at this tournament, all rightfully so. But bottom line is they stepped up. They won this. Now they roll into September 1st at Red Bull Arena, taking on Costa Rica, yep. a game that really, really matters. And uh, I'm curious to know who's going to be returning. But just open-ended, Team USA wins it all. Your thoughts on that? Um. Overall, exactly what what they needed, uh, but I think there are still a lot of questions behind the first team. I don't think we learned enough about certain guys to say this guy's the future of the team. You know, you look at three guys right away: uh, Kellen Acosta, Jordan Morris, Jossie Zardis. Yeah, they had some bright spots, but. Over 90 minutes, are you really able to trust them yet? And I cannot say with full confidence that all three of them can be trusted yet. Kellen Acosta had a all-right tournament. I think we were, myself included, all waiting for to kind of anoint him as the Bradley replacement and being able to take that throne after t- Russia and roll with it. Didn't he, you? Didn't you have a tweet out that you I thought did. he was going to be? Yeah. I, I and look, you I said, still move still, over, yeah. Christian Pulisic. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I and I still do believe that at, he's good. That he's a really he, good player. Yeah. And the We're thing is, it. my point behind that argument is, we all know about Pulisic. Europe knows about Pulisic. You know, the world knows about him because he plays at Dortmund. The American public is just barely barely knows who Kellen Acosta is right. Very on the true. surface. Very true. That That's where that comes from. So he has the opportunity to make a bigger impact at Russia for himself right. and for MLS and the U.S. national team as a whole because he, he has that much talent. I don't think anybody else in the player pool, unless you see somebody have a meteoric rise in Europe this year, that will have the same type of impact. We, we know what Pulisic is is capable of and he's already doing it. Uh, Zardis, I think, 
he may have peaked already. I, I don't see him. He doesn't strike me as a 23-man roster guy right now. Mm. Jordan Morris, it's going to come down to essentially what's going to be best for the team, Jordan Morris or Dom Dwyer. If there's a full complement of healthy forwards, you got Josie, Bobby Wood, Clint Dempsey, question mark. Mm. It's going to – I mean, at this point – they both bring different things. Morris brings the speed. Absolutely. He, he makes he makes a ton of great runs off the ball that you know some people may not see. And Dwyer brings a physicality and a work rate where he's not gonna stop running until the second you pull him off the field. And they're both they're both capable of scoring. Yep. So at this point, it really is, I think that's one of the biggest competitions to watch. it may not affect the, the starting eleven, but it may have a huge effect on what happens during the games in Russia is that head-to-head Morris first wire. And then I guess the other position that's wide open still are, are both fullbacks. If DeAndre Yedlin can stay healthy, right back is his spot. But then, you know, who's going to back him up? You know, I don't think that, I don't think that was determined at all. Here's, here's what I know. I come away with, and this was going to be a question I have written down for you guys. What did you come away with? Uh, after this Gold Cup victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing that I come away with, and maybe the, the main thing I come away with, is I have a lot of confidence in that guy by the name of Bruce Arena. Wow, did he dial up some of the right names at the right times? You know, putting Clinton and that subbing him in mm-hmm. the, uh, the the previous game uh, last night with some of the calls that he had. You know, I got confidence in Bruce Arena. And if for him to make the roster decisions, the tough roster decisions that you just pointed out, which they are not going to be easy if everybody's healthy, mm-hmm. I have confidence in him to do the right thing. Arena, for me, I still, and, you know, maybe I'm just harping on this, I cannot get over that 2006 game against Ghana. Well, you need to. I, no, I don't think I do. You do. I don't think it's I do. It's 2017. Why are you bringing up 2006? Because he had an opportunity to, to they needed to, to to draw that game. They were down a goal, and he had he had one So do you think when he's ready office. to make no, a decision? Let so me wait, finish. Let you, me finish. Wait, wait, wait. So you mean to tell me when Bruce Arena is making a decision for a roster move, come September 1 or August 31st or 30th, I don't know if there's 31 days in August, you mean to tell me he's thinking about 2006 and what happened in that game? I'm saying he hasn't shown me enough to make up for that mistake, no. Not even throughout the course of these past two no. weeks. Oh, come on. No. He was dialing up good decision he's after like, good decision. Like, what, the, the best game I can think that, he, that he's done well with was, was the Mexico game. Other than that, who's he played? Who's he played? I'm talking about him make, going to— Costa Rica? To, yeah, going—Costa Rica was, a, was supposed to be a tough game, right? Right. Was, and? Who else? Who else he got? What are you talking about? The players or the, the no, so so wait none none of the away hex games have been tough. Which which ones are you talking about? All of them. Playing playing on the road in Concacaf is one of the toughest things to do. The U.S. Need, which has to win those games anyway. It, no, I don't. I don't give him credit for that. No, I can't think I that long I think, ago. I can only think about this Gold Cup run right now. I, I think I'm, I'm satisfied if, with Bruce Arena's decision making. I, I am too. I, he, I, he still. I, maybe, I think. I think you need to get over year, that. No, he's you got, hold out. He's got ten months to to convince me otherwise. No, I'm not convinced. You're one of those soccer guys that we were just talking smack about before you before we even started this. And this one thing. Yes, you yes, are. Yes. You yes. are. No, 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 I completely agree. I, was, I completely agree. No, re- I, no, Bruce Arena has no. I, look, he hasn't convinced. He's done, he hasn't done enough to convince me. 
The, he when, hasn't. When, we were, when I was driving home yesterday, anyone. I listened to, I flipped over after the Fox feed, and I flipped over to Sirius XM's soccer channel, and Jason Davis opens up, Stars and Stripes, whatever it is. The freaking first caller was so negative. No, and so, and not to so say you're I negative. Positive on no, 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 no. This isn't at you. This isn't at you. It is somewhat at you. Uh, but this this caller was so freaking negative. You would have thought that we lost the game against Jamaica. He's just like, oh, well, you know, you got to do this, this, and and then Davis agreed with him. So it was just like, dude, did we not just win? Like, I, like I'm not asking for the pom poms, no. but you got to give credit where credits due. Okay. I understand what you're saying, but bottom line is, they played the game last night. Ninety plus minutes were played last night. They won that game. That's where the focus needs to be on. Not mm-hmm. 2006. Not Absolutely. what the caller was talking about. They did enough to win that game last night. They hoisted a champion. I don't see how, and I'm not talking about you on this either. So I'm sorry. Right. But I don't see how you could come away watching that game going. Uh well I could pick this apart and be no. negative. Here here's no, here's uh, what here's what Bruce no. here's what Bruce Arena is going to bring to the table and it's a known quantity and you, whatever critics you may have of how you want to see the US play look when you get to a World Cup stage the US has always kind of played that gritty like never give up style and whether you like it or not it's been successful to an extent we're not going to – this isn't, you know, Conte or Mourinho or Yergi Love coaching the team with some aesthetically pleasing tactical formation that's going to win you a World Cup. That's just not how it's going to happen. And if you have criticized it, well, you have two options. You can just, you know, sit by the wayside, just watch it happen, or get over it and support the team. That That's that's what I see uh, of the Bruce Arena until Russia. You're going you're gonna to have hard-fought games where you're going to grind it out, you're going to win a lot because mm-hmm. Bruce Arena has that track record, especially in MLS. And if you look at those Galaxy title runs, it was very minute, either positional changes or shifts in the game plan that excelled and made the team better. And... Yeah, look, they're not going to play a 3-5-2 in Russia and be the most aesthetically pleasing team. But they're going to be one of the hardest working teams. They're going to be, you know, everybody knows their role. And that that is one of the biggest differences between Bruce Arena and Jurgen Klinsmann. Absolutely. Not, I, everyone knows their role yeah. on this team. And it's simple, too. It Bruce seems like- Ar- for Bruce Arena to get someone like Clint Dempsey to buy into the super sub role, which I think is it going to be his role in Russia. I hope so. I think his age has that, a lot to do with that, too. It has something to do with that, but it also has something to do with... That's Clint the, Dempsey. The way, yeah, the way no, they're going to play. That's not easy and, saying, and with, I need you to come off the yeah, bench. No, yeah. it's not. Especially if you're Clint Dempsey, who's started for the national team for however many years now, you're going to break the scoring record at some point, probably before Russia. That's not an easy adjustment to make. Not everybody from that position can make that transition. I think it speaks a lot to Dempsey that he's made that transition already. And I mean, it's only one game, but I think it's something positive. And I think also Dempsey kind of looks at it as he has a new lease on life. He could have not played soccer ever again. So for him to contribute in the way he has and for arena to go up to him and say, Hey, I want you to buy into this role for the betterment of the team. Jurgen Klinsmann would have never gotten that out of anyone. That's just that's true. The, the huge difference between the two. I yeah. I don't think I ever was a Klinsman defender. Uh, I'm just talking about Bruce Arena right here. I he's 
I think he hasn't shown me enough for me to forgive him. Let's put it okay. that way. And, let, and I also make this very, very clear. The U.S. men's national team is my absolute favorite team. No, I, I thought you were pro-Russia. If, no, but if someone said, do you want to win a World Cup or a Super Bowl, I would go World Cup. That's what I'm trying Over to say. Over an Eagles Super Bowl? I, yeah, Ooh. I would say World Cup. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. The, the men's national team Don't is Don't say my that out loud. Absolute, neither of them are realistic. But <laughs> favorite. Favorite favorite oh, team. Oh, you know what? I just I, I and I'm sorry. I know as a someone who has been invested in this team since 1992. Yeah. I, no, I cannot get over that. All I right. cannot get over that 96. Well, or, I, sorry, I hope I hope that you you open your mind up a little bit. Come September I'll, one, and I hope I'll on be top at the of that, Bruce I will be there. I hope Bruce Arena does something to to prove you wrong. Uh, he's you know, he's I got. So I mean, look, you you look at. I don't look at the past that deep because a lot changes in the game. It's 11 People years ago. People change. Look, I'm I think a petty, petty man. I can tell. Uh, you have <laughs> so much oh change, and Bruce Arena has won so many championships oh, in MLS. Can, but with, I, with, I, with I would the best players. I'd love to do. I'd love to go back. T- to tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me what he had in defense with with that last championship team. What the galaxy? Yeah, because that gal that galaxy defense was susceptible to a lot. I, are you trying of goals. to say that Bruce Arena can't coach? Is that what you're? Are you trying I'm, to say that? I'm trying to say his luck would be a lot different if he wasn't given some of the best players in the game. Well, Man, I, think, I, I think, but I think his, you could say that about not, any coach because you're only as good yeah. as your players. Like how good is Phil Jackson if he didn't have Shaq and Kobe? Michael I Jordan, hate him too. You go down the list. So you know, with with. with Dude, I wish we can go on for this for another All 25 right. minutes. We're at 45 minutes. I told I told the people I only want to do 30 <laughs> minutes. We're at 45 minutes right now, and I want to talk about my damn game last night. Sorry for cursing there, people. All right. I've got a lot t- of editing to do. But Team U, No, no, we didn't curse. No cursing. We're live, baby. We're live. All right, Team USA. Um, look, you know, kind of what we did. Let's put the bow on it here for the union. 30, 45 seconds. I'll just start by saying... You know, it's a tournament that they should have won. I understand it. But to my point about last night taking on Jamaica, you know, it's 90 minutes in front of them. You know, I, 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 it's, uh, give me the freaking island that they played. Who's the island that they played? Martinique, Thank Nicaragua. Mar- Martinique. Okay. You know, Martinique, they played okay in that game. You know, it's, it, it's, they stepped up their, their level of play. Is it a team that the Team USA should have beat them 5-0? Sure. But Martinique stepped up. Who was the, the first game? Co- uh, Panama. Panama. Yeah. Pan- Panama was a game they should have lost. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, but it, it, it's, these are the games that are played in front of them. They won the game. They won the tournament. I'm positive as hell as we roll in to this World Cup mattering, mattering games, and September 1 is going to be huge. Joe Tanzi, 45 seconds. Um, it served its purpose, but I'm not convinced of the back end of the depth chart yet. I think it's fair to say that there's still, I think, 18 to 20 spots. You could probably say I'm comfortable with those players in those positions, and Bruce Arena might agree with you, maybe less, but it's a 23-man squad that goes to Russia, and 23 men are going to win the World Cup. You know, you look at la- the last World Cup. Josie Altador goes down. Who's your direct replacement for him? No one. Yep. You know, it ends up affecting the U.S. for the entire tournament. So you have to look at little decisions like that. I think it's we're nowhere close to seeing a finalized 23-man roster, and a lot is a lot can change from now until you know late May, early June next year, and we all know that. But I think it served its purpose. Bruce got a look at everyone in the talent pool who needed to get a look, who was on the outside who, or is playing in MLS that deserves a look. Um, 
but I would love what's a telling sign to me is going to be who's on the roster for the September games. What kind of mix of European and MLS guys is really going to be there and who really improved their stock from the Gold Cup? Because honestly, I think Eric Lehigh, Jordan Morris to an extent, and I mean, maybe Ariola, but he's got a lot to work on too. So he's got an interesting story too. He does. Wow, he's got he a really does. cool story. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I know I'm longer than 45 seconds, but to, to sum it all up here, it's it served its purpose, but there's a, still a lot of work left to be done. Uh, very happy that the USA won. Uh, I'm very very happy that they were able to, they did their job. They uh, they got it they got it done. Still think the gold company is good every four years instead of every two. Absolutely. I think that the the that there is national team fatigue. Um, I I mean when the US won last night, I mean my reaction was yeah that was great. Uh, and really it should have been me flag waving party in the streets. Uh, <laughs> but eh. It's your North America. It's your champion. It, it, it's the same as the Euros. Mm-hmm. If you know England wins, there's a party for the whole week. So on that that level, should, if you do it every four years instead of every two, I think that it, it, the importance gets built up. Well, um, that being said, I also think it's good to see Jamaica become. Uh, I mean, they're not in the, the hex, but they're playing well in, in the Gold Cups. Uh, and I think the reggae you, boys. You need to see some parity, and I think the Gold Cup allows teams to 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 do that. So. And just to hop in real quick, I think Bruce Arena's hit on this a lot. Concacaf as a whole has improved immensely in the last two years alone. And I think that has a lot to do with MLS, Mm -hmm. you know, not to sound like a, you know, a homer or anything, but you look at all these CONCACAF nations and all the players from MLS spread across these rosters. I mean, Jamaica is a perfect example. Andre Blake, Kamar Lawrence, Darren Maddox are three off the top of your head. Javon Javon Watson. um, They're just, you know, plenty of guys that play in MLS who've had that opportunity to play against top talent. And you can tell it's converting to the national team. I wish Jamaica would have made the hex to really kind of make this three, four year cycle really important to them. Yeah. But to make two Gulp Cup finals, I think that's huge. And we've seen these other smaller nations really improve. And I think that's only going to be better for, you know, the U.S., Mexico, Costa Rica. But maybe we see some new hexes, new faces in the hex the next time around. And maybe it makes World Cup qualifying tougher. And that only makes your team better. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Second, Sean? No, that was longer, but that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. And uh, as I'm right here on Team USA soccer page, now they're selling the replica jersey for thirty nine. No! No! <laughs> Yo, they lied. They, Blatant <laughs> lies. The Eagles are now my favorite team. I can't believe they did that. That's but bad. That's the... T- this, I'm not even going to get into I love that jersey, that. but yeah. I... That's not... Yeah, not 156. No. All right, uh, and last but not least, I want to get into this because last night, boys, I was able to see, I just, you know, it was just perfect. The, the display of, of of just skills out there on that field, um, at FedEx Field. I went down to D.C. for Man U and uh, uh, FC Barcelona, and, you know, I don't put any really stock into I mean, Man U was 4-0 added into the last night's game. They beat Real Madrid, and I didn't even, like, Tweet about it. I didn't care. Like, whatever. I think it's good. You get some confidence. You get some runs with the guys. You're going up against some great talent. 80,000 people were in the stadium. You know, you get the blood pumping. It's a cash grab. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It's it's all good. It, it grows the game. This is the first time that I was able to see Man U play. Uh, By the way, how is FedEx Field? How awful the stadium is that? I thought it was, oh, I mean, yeah, it's old. It's a dump. But I thought the, the scene was good. 
And, uh, you know, I'm there to, to watch the skills. And for the people that, that want to go down to Miami and spend $550 on, on Real Madrid and FC Barcelona Classico, good. Go for it. And the people that want to complain about that's too high, don't buy the mm-hmm. tickets. You know, I enjoyed what I watched last night. And seeing Messi, Neymar, and Suarez out there and that whole damn team, it was incredible. It was just the drops, the bobs, the weaves. They were all on the same page. And everybody was playing hard. People were going after it. I watched the Roma game mm-hmm. against the, the the Spurs. Harry Kane was taking people out. I mean, there was some really good play uh, in this past couple of weeks with these teams touring USA. I enjoyed every minute of it last night, and it was incredible to see how good Barcelona really is in person. And I think the, the European seasons are going to be so much better this year because all these players are – fighting for so much more in the line with World Cup spots for their respective countries True. up mm-hmm. for grabs. I think that will add an, an aspect to the Premier League, La Liga, the Bundesliga that you don't get in certain years. No, I loved it. And, um, you know, Man U, I enjoyed watching them out there, but they just are not on that level. They were not on that level. And the game was only one nothing. Like I said, the, the halftime, they the, Barcelona subbed everybody. And then basically, man, you did that as well. They subbed like five or six guys. But Lukaku is bigger than Josie, faster than Josie, stronger than Josie. He reminds me of Josie. That's why I'm bringing it up. Mm. But uh, it was crazy to watch him. He's going to be a beast uh, for, for, for man, you this year. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it was crazy to watch him. He was just posting fools up like he was Shaq out there. I don't forget who he's going up against on that back line. And dude's just pounding him. And he still comes down with it and, and turns. And Pogba was really gifted. It was just, it's a different level, man. It's, spe- it's, it's, it's a different level. It's special to see some of these guys, even for 45 minutes. Yep. It's it's completely different. And it's cool to see, you know, it's cool to see Pogba and Lukaku, even if it is preseason. It, it's something you can say, hey, I saw yeah. Messi play for yeah. however many minutes. The first ever game of the link ever was at Barcelona versus Man United. I was at that game. And, yeah. I mean, you, you could see Ronaldinho up close. I mean, he only played for, for I think, 60 minutes. Uh, or even, you know, when, when a few years ago when Real Madrid came to town, he got to see Ronaldo up close and personal at the link. One of it's, my friends told me, get in early, because when he was able to watch Ronaldo warm up, mm-hmm. it was something to be said. Uh, my seats were good. Eh, you know, I really wasn't that blown away by the warm-up process. You know, there wasn't really, like, a lot of shooting going on. It was a lot of running around, you know, yeah. getting loose. But when that when the lights turned on and the game was on, it was just like, watch out, man. Barcelona's out here for blood. Oh, yeah. And just like I said, the bobbing and the weaving, the touch passes, you know, just so fast, so precise. Across the field kicks, you know, passes. And it's just, like I said earlier, it was just a different level and very cool to see. Uh, and, um, yeah, hopefully next year we'll end on this. Hopefully next year Philly can get a game. But my question would be this. I don't know if Philly's going to get 80,000. Would Philly get 80,000 well, for Messi? Sean. Yeah, we can't even get that. 65,000 is the most. All right, so that that kind of They barely got like a thousand for that Inter-Roma game that I was had. at that game. There was 13. It was wow. bad. But, that was bad. But Messi Man U Messi, or Barcelona yeah. Man U. Messi would bring Is that 65,000? Yeah. 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 Messi would sell out. Ronaldo I think yeah. would sell out again. Um but if you, if you can do that at MetLife and get 80000 90000 whatever it is there at yep. D.C. and get 80000 why would you put it in Philly? That's why they do it. Yeah. yeah. So that sucks. But um, it was cool. In and out. Had a good time. And, of course, it was great to come home and listen to the Team USA with the victory. And, of course, Philadelphia Union pull out the dub. And then we move on to the weekend against New England, against the Revs. So we'll see what happens there. 
All right, good stuff, boys. Any last words before we get out of here? We're at about 55 minutes. All right, yeah, just real quick, just going to Oh, yeah, please, yeah. go. Yes, uh, I will be up in Bethlehem this weekend filming a special episode of Union Soccer Talk. Going to be do, do, do. doing all things uh, Bethlehem Steel, so please come out to uh, the Steel game. Uh, check out, uh, you know, I'll be doing kind of like if you're in the stadium, that's what this, this episode's going to be like. So, you know, ch- come up and then uh, I'll be at Molly's pub afterwards, checking out the union game. And then I'm going to check out a little, uh, future Phillies checking out the iron pigs on Sunday. So it's gonna be a minor league sports weekend for me. Love it. All right. Joe Tanzi. I think Ryan's crazy for his Bruce Arena take. And <laughs> I don't think Roland, spot on. and I don't think Roland Alberg is a fan favorite. That is for dang, for dang sure. <laughs> That is for dang sure. I, I think that think that that kind of sums up this episode in, yeah. in two sentences. Hasta la vista, baby. We're out. <laughs>